This episode of Keeping It Real is brought to you by Low Sign. Looking for cutting edge designs and unparalleled support and fast turnaround for all your sign needs? Low Sign has you covered. They produce for sale signs, directionals, riders, open houses, anything you need. Signs are produced within three days of being ordered, the fastest turnaround time in the industry. Best of all, when you call Lowen, you get a live person ready to guide you to choose the best looking and most effective sign for your real estate needs. Visit lowensign.com. That's L-O-W-E-N-S-I-G-N.com and find out why top realtors trust their listings with Lowen. And now onto our show. Welcome to Keeping It Real, the largest podcast made by real estate agents and for real estate agents. My name is DJ Paris. I am your guide and host through the show. And today is our monthly series called Closing Time with Chris Linsell from TheClose.com. Now, this is a partnership between Keeping It Real and TheClose.com. And let me tell you about The Close. Now, TheClose.com is the kind of real estate website designed to give agents teams, and brokerages actionable strategic insight from industry professionals. They cover real estate marketing, lead generation, technology, and team building strategies from the perspective of working agents and brokers who want to take their business to the next level. Please visit theclose.com, that's T-H-E-C-L-O-S-E.com, and subscribe to their newsletter so you can be notified every time they publish an article. With us, as always, is Chris Linsell. He is a staff writer and real estate coach for The Close. Chris is The Close's resident expert on real estate topics ranging from marketing, lead gen, transactional best practices, and everything in between. He's a licensed agent in the state of Michigan. Chris has been part of hundreds of real estate transactions from modest rural starter homes to massive waterside compounds. When he isn't writing, you'll find Chris fly fishing or performing on the stage of his community theater's most recent production. Um, And Chris, welcome once again to Keeping It Real. We're so excited to have you. DJ, thanks for having me back. Glad to be here. Summertime, baby. I'm loving it. Summertime. We were just talking about fishing, so I got tripped up a little bit when I was reading your intro because I went, oh, we were just talking about uh, these. What were the names of those giant flies that you were just telling me? So I, I spent a lot of time with the blue ribbon trout streams of, of uh, Michigan. And uh, right around this time, end of June, middle of June to uh, beginning of July, the hexagenia bugs come out at night. They're these massive insects that are like the size of uh, like a Twinkie from, from tip to tail kind of thing. Um, and uh, come out at night, the fish go crazy for them. They bring the biggest, the biggest trout out of the water that you'll see all year. Uh, so yeah, I've been sanding the trout streams late at night, catching big fish and, uh, uh, drinking adult beverages and enjoying good time with my fishing friends. So, uh, other, other than spending time, uh, waxing poetically about the real estate market, that's where you'll find me these days. And uh, have you witnessed a fish leaping out of the water to catch one? Have you seen, have you witnessed a fish actually catching a fly and. Oh Yeah. Massive. I mean, most of these, most of these flies are coming out at night, so it's pretty dark, but yeah. it sounds like I'll, I'll give you an example. 
picture yourself standing in the middle of a river uh, at midnight. It's very dark and somebody's dropping bowling balls around you. That's what it <laughs> sounds like when these fish come out of the water, splashing, looking for these big flies. So uh, do the flies, do they bother you at all? Do they, do they run into you or do they leave you? Uh, they leave humans alone mostly. You know, I, I don't want to say because I don't want to discourage anybody from this amazing hobby that I have, but uh yeah, you get bumped into occasionally, but they don't <laughs> care about humans. They're just right. you know, on their way to do other stuff. Basically. Oh, that's funny. Um, well, I do love trout. Um, that's that's awesome. Um, well, today we, uh, and I apologize for, for getting us a, a little off topic, but I, I'm so fascinated by by this when you were telling me uh, those, those hex, I'm sorry, say that one more time, hex. Uh, yeah, we call them the hex bugs. The hex bugs. Um, yeah, but uh, they're a type of bug. Uh, it's a big mayfly, basically, yeah. in the hexagenia uh, group. But we just call them hex. Gotcha. So we have cicadas this year, I believe, and yeah. uh, and hex bugs right now as well. Yeah, yeah that's right. That's right. They're everywhere. <laughs> big insects. Who knew? Well, um, good for fishing, I guess. Um, well, yeah. I know. Chris and I were talking just before we started about what we would discuss today and hope, uh, by the way, if you're listening live, uh, happy 4th of July or happy uh, post 4th of July. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, for those of you who are listening on your podcast app, likely there's a few, maybe a few weeks have transpired since, but we wanted to talk about some recent news that Chris has been paying attention to that has not really received a lot of uh, press over the last weekend, which is when this news hit. Um, so Chris, do you mind sharing that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So um, <clears throat> recently, the U.S. Justice Department um, has withdrawn from a settlement that they had with the National Association of Realtors over some investigations of antitrust uh, scenarios. And, you know, I'm not on the inside of this, or, or nor am I, uh, have I spoken directly to anybody with the National Association of Realtors. So my perspective on this is certainly that of an observer and, and an interested person as a member of the real estate community. Um, but the long and the short of it is the Justice Department pulled out of this settlement uh, in order to give themselves a uh, license to further investigate um, anti-competitive behavior. And most of, most of us in the industry that are watching this are guessing that that has to do with both the NAR rules for disclosure of commission rates and uh, commission, kind of the way that commissions are, are uh, uh, populated in real estate transactions, as well as an interesting little nugget about, um, in some cases, only allowing access to lockboxes to members of the National Association of Realtors. So, um, you know, both of these things are, are you know, obviously they have a direct application and implication into our daily livelihood. Uh, and the fact that uh, the U.S. Justice Department is taking a closer look at these things could be an indicator that there's some more news to come on this front. And so just to recap, they're under the Trump administration, this anti uh competitive or, or antitrust issue regarding, it looks like the, the, the big thing is around commission disclosure or the public understanding commissions. Um, they had reached a settlement and then it, now that the, the administration has changed to the Biden, uh, to Biden's, uh, you know, regime that that has now, um, been withdrawn and now there may be further investigation, um, into this sort of, uh, these sort of practices. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's that's correct. And and there's a, there's a lot of moving parts to this. And I think that this is one of those one of those situations where we're on the front end of this conversation and this story. Uh, and there's there's likely to be a lot more, um, especially with uh, Biden's Justice Department's focus on antitrust. Uh, or if you follow this sort of thing, but uh, the uh, Federal Trade Commission um, recently, uh, a new chair to the FTC, Lena Khan, who is a 32-year-old uh, woman who has written some really interesting things uh, about antitrust, specifically with Amazon. And it's clear that the Justice Department under Biden is not shying away from these conversations. Uh, Lena Khan is a, is a, a major proponent of uh, strong antitrust policy. Um, Merrick Garland, who's now the Attorney General, is a strong proponent of uh, antitrust policy. So, you know, most of the antitrust spotlight is focused on tech companies like Google and Facebook. Um, but, you know, strong trade groups like the National Association of Realtors are not going to be immune to that sort of spotlight either. So, um, you know, DJ and I were talking about this earlier. One thing that realtors and brokers can do right now to be proactive on this topic is to have thoughtful conversations with their clients about how commissions are handled, what, what a commission is, how much it, how much it likely uh, the dollar amounts will be based on sale prices, you know, where that commission comes from. It's easy to say to buyers, oh, you know, you don't pay commission. The seller's the one that's paying all the commission. Well, you know, maybe on paper, but if you just kind of rearrange the flow of dollars, that commission's coming out of the buyers. Uh, uh, money that they're they're using to pay for the house, and so there's certainly an argument to be made that commissions aren't free to buyers. You know that they didn't have that commission to pay. Maybe they'd pay a lower sale price. So there's lots of different conversations to be had here. But the bottom line is have conversations with your buyers and sellers. Be open and transparent. Do not hide the way that the process works. A lot of antitrust is born out of opaqueness to the process. So be mm. transparent. Don't try to hide how things work. This is the way that the, our business our business operates. So be very clear about that. And then on the other hand as well, have this conversation with your broker and broker or managing brokers, have this conversation with your agents. Be thoughtful and upfront about the way that your individual business works and say, you know, make sure that the people working under you know how you operate when it comes to commissions, because the more people who know about how the process works, the less likely there are for people to have hurt feelings about it. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I, here's a little quick quote from the Wall, a Wall Street Journal article about this that happened on, uh, on the 1st of July, which basically echoes what Chris just said, which was that the Justice Department sued the National Association of Realtors last uh, and had come up with a settlement. Uh, this was in last November of 2020. And just to quote the Wall Street Journal, because this really summarizes everything Chris just said, uh, or, or a lot of what Chris said, the lawsuit accuses the group, the group meaning NAR, of maintaining anti-competitive rules that created an environment in which there was little visibility for home buyers about the commissions a buyer's agent would earn. So this is something to think about in your practice, uh, individual practice of what are you telling buyers? Are you telling them anything? Um, are When they ask, what is your response? What is your brokerage firm's uh, view on 
talking about commissions. And as Chris said, you know, talk to your managing broker, talk to your firm and say, how should I be discussing this? And if you uh, aren't getting a good response there, go online and start, you know, going through some of these forums uh, that realtors hang out at and start having these, these conversations or, you know, uh, even Facebook groups that you can chat with, with other realtors, but, you know, definitely have uh, think about how you want to present that to your buyers and your sellers. And, and it sounds like transparency is the major issue here. So if you do your part to be uh, more transparent, um, seems like uh, everyone, everyone wins in the end. Um, because I, I don't, and I, I wouldn't, I would think as a, I know when I was a buyer, and we'll, we'll move on from this in just a moment, but I know when I was a buyer, it was super confusing because I know everything has a price or rather has a cost associated with it mm -hmm. on top of whatever the cost of what I'm buying is. And oftentimes in retail stuff, that's just built into the price. But I didn't know how it worked. I've been buying things in stores forever. I understand how, how profit and, and margin works in, in stores. Uh, I didn't understand how it worked in home buying and it was not really well disclosed to me. And I had to ask questions about it. And I suspect a lot of us probably, maybe we just assume buyers and sellers understand how it works. Um, but I would make, I would really challenge that assumption because I know I was 30 years old and I was buying my first place and I had no idea. Uh, and I had to ask my agent, Hey, how does it, do, do I pay you something? How does this work? And, and he did explain it to me, thankfully in, in detail, but I had to ask. And, and so I would encourage you just to be in a situation where you explain it first so that your clients aren't sitting around after you leave the meeting, you know, uh, a, a couple might be talking to each other going, how does it, do we have to pay this person or how does this work? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the bottom line here, as far as I'm concerned from an industry kind of analyst perspective is this, the ship has sailed when it comes to the assumption that our buyers and sellers will just kind of go along with whatever we have to say about stuff. That, that may be the case to some degree because they're trusting us as an expert but we have to remember buyers and sellers, consumers in general, have access to more information than they ever have before about how uh, the transactions that they're a part of work. And again, for better or worse, companies like Facebook or uh, another example is Robinhood, um, these companies that offer essentially free services their business model has shed a light on the fact that there is nothing in this life for free. When you use Facebook, it's you're not getting it for free. You're paying for Facebook with uh, your information. And this is right. how Facebook makes money is they sell information to advertisers so that they can better position their products. You are paying for that service with something. And uh, same with Robinhood, you're not trading stocks for free. You are paying for the the, the broker fees on Robinhood with, um, you know, by they, they sell order flow so that other people know who's buying what and when and how much they're selling information. Same deal with real estate transactions. It's a different exchange, um, but you know, buyers pay for their transaction. Um, in a way that that if it's not completely clear to them, we're not doing our jobs. So yeah. if you want to get out ahead of this stuff, get transparent, make sure that every party to the transaction understands every fundamental step and you've got absolutely nothing to worry about. Awesome. Thanks. Uh, what a uh, really appreciate your opinion and thoughts on yeah, that. Yeah, of course. And 
I wanted to also talk about an article that I read on the close just today, which is the most recent article as of today is the 6th of July, which really caught my eye. And I hadn't really had any uh, seen an article uh, like it before. And this is what I love about the closes. Oftentimes that's what happens. I see an article, uh, a headline and I go, Ooh, that, that captured my imagination uh, or captured my attention rather. Um, and so this one, this is written by Tracy Hawkins, who is apparently a safety expert. And the title of the article um, is called, and you can read this just by going to the close.com, but it's it, the title of the article is can becoming a local safety expert grow your real estate business. So what we thought we would spend the rest of the time today talking about is uh, different certifications and designations that you may want to consider uh, to better position yourself as an agent that isn't uh, the same as everyone else that has additional skills that can be developed or or can be you know um, accredited uh, and that will hopefully help you better service your clients and even better position yourself uh, from a marketing perspective. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, remember when we get real estate licenses, we are essentially qualifying ourselves to offer the same suite of services that literally everybody else who has a real estate license is offering. And so it's up to us as um, real estate professionals to figure out ways that we can differentiate what we have to offer um, to provide value in a way that our competitors aren't providing them value so that we can show the, you know, our buyers and sellers that we're worth working with and uh, designations, certifications, that sort of thing. That's a great way to do it if you're doing it smartly and strategically. And there's the challenge, I think, with designations and, and certifications, and we've probably seen this, you know, certainly as, as agents, we work with other brokers, or, or I'm sorry, in Illinois, we call all agents brokers, but we'll just say agents. When you're working with other agents, whether it's on a transaction where, where we're cooperating to try to close the transaction, or we're just setting up showings, uh, you know, oftentimes you'll see in the signature line of another agent's email, just initial, you know, uh, sort of uh, initials after initials, uh, you know, sort of some sort of acronym that that maybe we don't even understand. So there's lots of different certifications. Um, mm -hmm. And what we wanted to do was just talk about a handful of them that, you know, not in, in a lot of detail, but just to let you know of some of the certifications that Chris particularly uh, finds to be interesting and helpful um, in, in your business. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And actually, I just want to start by um, calling out Tracy Hawkins' article. Uh, it's like, like I said, it's the most recent one published on the close today. It's uh, July 6th. But if you guys, you know, if you're listening to this after the fact, um, you can go to the close uh, and search um, local safety expert in the search bar and it'll pop right up. Um, essentially, one of the things that, you know, like Tracy's big message here is that um, you can grow your business by becoming an expert in things that your clients, they may not necessarily know to identify that are important to them, but they certainly are important to them. And just call out a couple of points that she makes here. Um, you can grow your business by just learning about your clients' safety and security concerns. You know, you'd be surprised how many sellers are worried about having showings because they're worried that people are gonna take their stuff. Sure. You know, that sounds it sounds kind of um, uh, you know almost paranoid, but this is something that that sellers definitely worry about. This is something that we can provide immediate value just by addressing there. 
And there is, there are, there are definitely, you know, kind of official designations that you can get on just about any topic within the real estate industry. But just by going through training, by calling out your expertise in particular realms, like safety is a good example, um, you are going to build your business because there's going to be people who are going to gravitate towards those um, kind of certifications and accreditations, even if they are relatively unofficial, that's still going to help you grow your business. Yeah. And I, I particularly love this local safety expert and, uh, for, for just, and again, I'm, I always think about it from a marketing perspective and, and assuming that you're, you know, working with a seller or, or rather you're bidding for the business to work with a seller and maybe they've met with other agents. Um, you know, one of the things that if you have this sort of expertise or the certification around being a safety expert is you can build that into your presentation mm -hmm. to say one of the steps that we take before we start accepting showings is we're going to talk about safety. We're going to, I'm a certified local safety expert. What that means, is I'm going to walk through every home of your house. We're going to have a conversation about, you know, every single room to make sure that it's secure and that you're comfortable with the strangers that will be walking through here most likely when you're not here. So we're, we're going to do this and here, here's the steps that, that, you know, we're, we're going to take once we get there. Uh, again, you know, all things being equal, that sounds really good to me versus somebody who doesn't address it at all in their presentation. Yeah. A hundred percent, hundred percent. And, and, you know, frankly, this is an easy win. This is yeah. something that, that real estate agents can do without having to adjust the jib of their sale too much. Um, it is just a matter of positioning what you're already doing, fr frankly, uh, and then taking a couple of extra steps. Um, that is a that is a real easy differentiator that, honestly, agents just aren't doing right now. So those who are taking this extra step, they can really stand out with minimal minimal extra effort. Right now, in particular, is a good time to have a designation like this around sellers, because as as most areas of the country, um, you know, putting a listing up on the MLS is is likely to generate a lot of quick yeah. activity if it's priced True. correctly, because of the uh, the the you know uh, limit uh, the limiting inventory that most of us are are dealing with. So yep. this is a way to say, hey, I'm going to put your stuff on. You know, we're going to get it up, and, and you're we're going to probably get a lot of offers. But you know what's really most important to me is making sure that that this home is secure uh, while we're in the during this process. And oh, again. Yeah. That's kind of a neat way to position yourself as as a this idea that I care about your safety is mm -hmm. a really interesting take that realtors oftentimes aren't thinking about. Oftentimes they're going to talk about I, I care about your bottom line. I want to get you the best price. Uh, I, I want to help you sell this home as quick as possible. All of those are great, but that's really common. And if you could add in in addition to that some some other uh, sort of here's what I specialize in. Um, and Chris and I are, are going to maybe chat about a few of those in addition to being a local safety expert, but a huge shout out to Tracy Hawkins who wrote this article because it, it, it grabbed my attention and, and I'm going to bring this one in particular to our, uh, our realtors here at our firm, because I just think it's a, such a cool idea. So thank you totally. for uh, that great article, Tracy. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and just shout out again to Tracy. Tracy's also going to be a speaker at the national association of realtors conference in San Diego this November. Uh, I'm excited to also be a speaker there. So if you're going to be uh, out in San Diego this November, please make sure to check out Tracy uh, in her session. Come on over, check out uh, uh, the close and, and my session uh, there. We're going to uh, lots lots of important things to talk about, lots of good ways that we can grow as professionals and be able to 
shake our hands and and uh, and tell us tell us exactly what you think, good, bad, or otherwise, uh, live and in living color in San Diego this November. And how exciting! We're back to doing in-person events again. And so, for those of you who are uh, thinking about uh, whether you should attend or not, Chris is going to be there. Of course, Tracy, who we've been just chatting about, I'll be slinking around somewhere, and I'll I'll be happy to shake anybody's hand who might be a listener, or fan of the show as well. So, uh, NAR is in San Diego this year. So definitely, yeah. and what I mean, what a what a wonderful place to go visit in the fall. Um, okay. In addition, yeah. to that. let's talk about now. some other designations. Um, and and we should also mention, by the way, I'm gonna there's gonna be a link to this article as Chris mentioned right in the notes of this podcast episode. So you sh- should see a link there. There's also a great link uh, on the National Association of Realtors website or sorry, a great page that they've put together with all the, the designations and certifications that they recognize. And so I'm, we're going to post that as well in the notes so you can see what, what NAR uh, officially recognizes. Cool. Yeah, perfect. So DJ, I've got some, we've got some other designations. I mean, being a safety expert, certainly there's some, there's some uh, value prop right, kind of built right into that. But there's other designations out there um, what do you say? You want to you want to kind of pop through a couple of these? We'll chat about maybe do kind of a lightning round style. We'll talk about uh, you know a couple of different designation options, whether or not they're worth it for realtors, what kind of benefit they might have, that sort of thing. Yeah, I um, I'm going to start. I'll start with the first one, and this is one I'm not sure that this is uh, recognized by NAR, so I, I do want to okay. make that disclaimer. It may it may be it may not be. I haven't haven't looked into it, but it's one from a marketing perspective I like. Um, and that is the certified negotiation expert. And it, I think there's a couple of different variations of it, but but that is essentially uh, the gist of it. And what what it what it does is teach negotiation strategies for buyers and seller, or, you know, buyer and seller agents. And obviously, I would hope that most of us hearing that would understand there's value there in a presentation uh, to a buyer or seller about why you should work with them. Is hey, I've been certified in arguably uh, to your bottom line, maybe the most important part of this process, which is the negotiation. And here's what I've, here's my training. Here's what I've learned. And oh, by the way, only, you know, 5% of realtors, probably less than 5%. I don't know the exact number, but very few, uh, you know, a very small percentage of realtors have that particular designation. And I think that could carry a lot of weight in, in any sort of presentation. 100%, 100%. And, you know, I'll just kind of point out as well, for most of your consumers, most buyers and sellers here, when they see certified negotiation expert uh, after your name or in your signature line, that's that's all the information that they need. They're going right. to get value just from seeing that. The vast majority of these people are not going to click through to the National Association of Realtors website and try to find the designation and read about what it takes to get it. Frankly, buyers and sellers do not have that kind of attention span or time. They're just not interested in learning more other than this is somebody who's certified to negotiate on my behalf. Great. This is helpful. Um, So, you know, do yourself a favor and think about what is it that's going to give me uh, an advantage in the eyes of my buyers and sellers. If this is going to do it, and if it is worth my time and my effort to get it, this is a no-brainer. I love this one. Yeah, and, and I'll just really quickly, just to put a cap on, on the certified negotiation expert, let's say that it is valuable enough uh, to increase your client's bottom line by even, let's just say, 5%. Maybe maybe there's data that people who have this designation have a, a certain, you know, uh, you know, higher dollar amount that they that they that they foster for their clients. 
That's another reason to market, right? So there's probably oh, yeah. some some specific objective data, just like they say, oh, if you use professional photographers, homes typically sell faster and for, for more dollar. Be, be careful, of course, of, of what statistics you're using and be careful to, to you know, make sure that that you're not promising things that, that aren't necessarily, uh, uh, you know, going to be. But again, as Chris said, they don't need to ask you know, what is a certified negotiation expert or they're, they're likely to understand that. So we're, we're looking for things that, uh, designations that, that, that clients care about, or that really help your skill set, And that's one uh, that hopefully does both. What, what else do you recommend, Chris? Well, I mean, there's a handful of designations that I think just right off the top of my head, make a lot of sense. Um, one of them I'll call out here is, um, the SRES designation. This is the certified um, or excuse me, not certified. It is the seniors real estate um, specialist, seniors real estate specialist. If you've got a market where um, maybe you've got a, a significant retirement community um, or a lot of seniors, uh, people over the age of 65, uh, this is a particularly potent designation to have because not only do you get some cred um, from I mean, I'm just going to call it like I see it here from a, uh, a, a, a segment of our um, client population that has the most money to spend and the most, uh, the most capital to sell when it comes to homes. Baby boomers are the largest uh, cohort of real estate owners uh, in the United States. These folks have homes to buy and sell. Um, if you have a designation that is going to connect specifically with that audience, you are making a good decision. And also as an SRES designee, you get listed on the AARP website as a, um, as a direct referral. Uh, so there's a lot of benefit for, for that particular designation. And I have an additional reason of why you may want to consider, again, senior real estate specialist. If you are looking to network and build uh, professional relationships with other um, professionals that you know, work also with seniors, this is a huge opportunity for you to reach out to financial planners, um, estate uh, attorneys that, that spe special specialize with, um, with estate planning, um, you know, and having those conversations and saying, hey, I'm looking for an estate uh, planning attorney or a certified financial planner uh, who also, uh, you know, works with seniors. Oh, by the way, I am a senior real estate specialist. So I would love to connect with you and start sending referrals. Maybe we can share referrals to each other. Um, this is a great opportunity, not only to appeal directly to the senior that you're looking to work with, but to work with some of those professional services that also would value that. Yep. hundred percent, hundred percent. There's, there's a lot of different ways you can slice the value of that particular designation. Um, another one I'd love to call out here uh, is, <clears throat> excuse me, another one that I would love to call out here is for folks who are interested in representing investors or playing in the commercial space, the CTIM um, designation, that's a Certified Commercial Investment Member, is really the gatekeeper to top producer status in the commercial landscape. Um, especially in major metropolitan markets, but honestly, all over the place. If you have a, uh, a significant representation of commercial property in your market, um, if you want to play big in this space, the CCIM is, is kind of a must-have. The other One of the reasons why that is, is it's actually not easy to get. And people who are uh, active buyers and sellers in the commercial market, they know that to get a CCIM, 
Uh, there's a significant cost when it comes to application fees and class fees. You have to have a very large uh, portfolio of experience in that space. So people who are active um, consumers in that space, they know that a CCIM member has put their time in and has cut their teeth. They are an expert on this sort of thing. So if you are in, if you want to get into the, uh, the commercial space, a CCIM is really uh, a kind of a must-have if you want to, you know, get into the the, the big baller status. And, and Chris is right. So the this CCIM again is Certified Commercial Investment Member, uh, and oftentimes I hear that from even the agents at our firms who are mostly doing residential or exclusively doing residential, saying, "How do I break into the commercial space?" And CCIM is is a really uh, good. Uh, designation to earn. As Chris said, it's not particularly easy. It's a two, from what I can tell, it's a minimum of 200 classroom hours. So this is this is a process. This one will take some time. But again, uh, if you are working with residential clients um, who may occasionally have a commercial need, or maybe you're thinking of switching focus entirely and going strictly commercial, you would for sure want this. But this will really, if, if you're still staying in the residential space, most agents who, who deal with residential are not going to have this. So yeah. th this is a, a big thing. Uh, you, you'll probably have to explain it to your clients a bit more. Mm -hmm. um, but again, a great opportunity to call all of your clients, even ones that you've worked with in the past on the residential side and yeah. say, hey, by the way, I just completed my certification for commercial in investment. If that's ever something that you're interested in, I, I feel that I can assist you um, yeah. versus having to refer that to a true, you know, exclusively commercial broker. That's true. And, you know, the one thing that I will call out here, the one crossover that makes a lot of sense is, uh, especially right now as as um, what I'll call retail investment in real estate is becoming more popular, having a CCIM is going to be a significant leg up if you are looking to land clients who are purchasing, uh, say, income properties uh, yeah. on a regular basis. Like, it's a dream to have the client who's like, yeah, you know, bring me you know, bring me residential properties that I can convert into Airbnbs. And if they're within, you know, these certain parameters, I'll just write, I'll write an offer sight unseen. Like that's what I'm looking for right now. Yeah. These are the clients that we want. These are the sorts of like recurring revenue sources, frankly, as, as real estate agents that we can really build a business on. If those are the clients that you're, you're surfing after right now, a CCIM is going to be the wave you need to be on. Great. Um, what else? What other? Yeah. How about this? The, here's one. Here's one. I think that again, it doesn't apply to every market, but um, be surprised how often this gets uh, used. Is the MRP designation, which is yeah. Military Relocation Professional. Um, if you're not familiar with this designation, it is it, honestly it's really pretty easy to get. There is um, no volume requirement for it. Uh, it's like less than half a day uh, in a classroom. It's all. Um, and I say classroom, it's a it's a webinar that you have to watch, essentially. Comes from the National Association of Realtors. This designation is like 200 bucks to get, and it's really pretty reasonable. Um, and it is specifically, it's training um, for agents who service military communities um, that experience, you know, relatively high turnover in their uh, in their um, their populations. Uh, and this is pretty pretty typical when you've got like, military bases, military academies, Coast Guard academies, that sort of thing. These folks kind of rotate in and out every few years and they often want to purchase homes rather than rent because it makes more financial sense. Um, if you get the MRP designation, you become the front of the line for recommendations 
from the military establishment that is in your community as far as who um, you know who they suggest when they need to buy and sell when they're when they're um, uh, service members need to buy or sell. You know, I live in a relatively rural part of Northern Michigan. We have a Coast Guard facility here. The couple of MRP um, uh, designees here in our area clean up on Coast Guard business every year uh, because there are people who just, it's a reliable source of turnover every single year. There are people who are moving in, there are people who are moving out. Uh, so if you live in a community, an active military community, or have a, a military installation nearby, the MRP designation, this is this is a no-brainer. Easy to get. It's going to be an easy source of income for you. And again, thinking as a marketer, this allows you to reach out to some of these if you have a base nearby or if you have friends that might be serving in the armed forces and say, hey, by the way, uh, I'm not just a realtor. I'm a military relocation uh, specialist. And I would love to, you know, speak to some of the uh, people in, in, in that you work with uh, in, in the military, or I'd love to do, a, you know, webinars or seminars. Um, I would love to be introduced to more people. This is one of my specialties. Uh, that, that is a great marketing uh, tactic to, to then get in, um, you know, the inside of, of some of these, uh, these places. So great, great idea, Chris. I love that Absolutely. one. And, and then I know we had one more, which was around a very hot button topic uh, right now, which is around the idea of being green and going green. Yeah. So can you mind chatting about NAR's green designation? Yeah, so NAR has a green uh, designation that, again, it's really flashy. This is a really great one to have at the end of your email signature. Yeah, It's super easy to get. And honestly, this is the reason that I want to call this specific one out is this is a fantastic conversation starter um, because... The NAR green designation, uh, like I said, it takes like a day to get it total, and it's actually free for the first year. You can get this designation for nothing. It's like a hundred bucks a year after uh, the first year, but it's free for the first year. And if you have um, uh, conversations happening in your community around energy efficiency, around sustainability, uh, if you have uh, conversations around um, maybe renewable energy or building standards. Spoiler alert, these are conversations that are happening in communities everywhere. Like this is not, isol these are not isolated conversations. It is the exception that it, these conversations aren't happening. You can put this at the end of your name and you can mark it on top of it. You can say, I am uh, a, a NAR green designee, um, an expert in the National Association of Realtors green fundamentals. Um, that's going to get you conversations happening. And per uh, DJ's point earlier, this also starts conversations um, with other local service providers in your area that are going to build your network. And I'll give you a great example of this. We have uh, in my local market, there's a fantastic uh, green infrastructure company, uh, uh, full disclosure, owned by a friend of mine, but he does incredible work on like green roofs, on uh, eco-friendly uh, landscaping. His company is called Inhabitect. Uh, he does pro projects all over the state of Michigan and all over the country um, for large developments. And he is uh, hooked up with and refers regularly uh, real estate agents with the green designation because that's the business that he's in. Um, so if you've got the sort of designation, you get to hook up with these other places in your community that are all working on the same ideals. There is just nothing bad that comes from expanding your network. It's all upside and it is super easy to get and it's free. So 
even if you get, you get it for a year and you realize I don't get anything out of this, you literally have only lost uh, you know, less than a day uh, of a virtual classroom. Might as well give it a shot and see what it can get for you. Yeah. And, and we know that clients, in particular, younger clients tend to ask for, I really want a property with green features. Totally. And this designation will suggest that you have uh, the ability to find those properties, maybe more so than someone who doesn't. I'll give, this is kind of a, a personal example. So, and, and I truthfully am ignorant to why this is, but um, the way it's been explained to me is, I, or I'm sorry, I haven't explained what it is. Um, so I, I live in a uh, in an eight, uh, eight floor building, I guess you'd maybe call that a, a low rise to maybe a mid rise. And there's some rule here, we're in Chicago, that uh, buildings of a certain size or, or story, a certain number of stories, have to have a certain amount of green space uh, on their property, at some, uh, usually on the rooftop is, is where uh, developers put it. I don't know if it has to be there. So on our rooftop, which has areas for us to in, sit and relax and enjoy ourselves, we can go up there and, and, and relax. Uh, half of the rooftop is actually an official designated green space. And I will tell you that that is without question, the first thing that anyone ever asks when they come up to a rooftop is, well, that is really cool. What is that? And I say, oh, it's, you know, the city has some sort of ordinance where there has to be a certain amount of green space. Had I had uh, maybe gone through this designation or even looked into it further, um, oh, and by the way, my point with saying this all is everyone goes, that is so cool. I wish my building had that. Mm -hmm. So uh, this is something that people are thinking about, whether they know it or not. And if you have this designation, you could have a better conversation. I can't have any conversation other than I think it's a, a city rule, but I don't really know. Um, so uh, it's something to really consider learning more about because I will tell you, people, their eyes go go big when they see this particular thing on my roof. But not all of us live in urban areas where, where we're going to have greenery on top of roofs, but it's something that people are thinking about in every part of their life, right? Recycling now, for example, is pretty much the law, I think, in every state. So, yeah. you know, we we've adopted this green mentality as, as I don't need to explain because we all know that, but to have this designation will certainly not hurt in any possible way, uh, your ability to market to uh, specifically even younger skewed, uh, clients. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, the bottom line here, uh, and I think this just goes for all of the designations that we've been talking about is there is the, the, the time has passed, frankly, the time has passed that you can just get your license hang out in your office, wait for your phone to ring, wait for your broker to, or your managing broker to hand you out referrals. Successful real estate professionals, if you wanna make a career out of this, you need to be constantly looking for ways to differentiate the value that you provide to your buyers and sellers and your community at large. These designations are a great way for you to continue to separate yourself from the pack. And the best, the best way to kind of think about all of this, I guess this is kind of like my summation here is, I, I don't know if, if anybody else did this, but when I was a kid, um, I love to play, love to play catch with a football with my friends. And I want you to picture um, one kid standing at the end of the field and he's just throwing the football back and forth between me and this other kid. It's just a one-on-one -on -one sort of thing. I have got, I'm the recipient of this football. Now I want you to picture 10 of my friends also standing around me. And when the football goes up in the air, we're all trying to catch it. Guess what? We are in a scenario as, as real estate agents 
where we're all standing trying to catch this football. And every single time you have a chance to differentiate yourself from all the other kids around you, you grow by three inches. So the more you can stack your differentiators, and I'm not saying you wanna get 12 different designations, but you wanna find ways that you can provide value unique to your community. Every single time you find a way to provide that unique value, you grow by three inches. And wouldn't that game be easier if you were a foot taller than all of your other friends? Because frankly, yeah. that's what's happening right now. So find ways to grow find ways to get taller so you can catch that football more often. That's a really great analogy, uh, perfectly summed up. And if you're listening or watching us right now thinking, oh my gosh, there's so many different designations, where should I start? My advice would be, survey your previous clients and say, hey, I'm working on my professional development right now. And I have a number of designations that I want to, uh, to earn over the next year. I was curious out of these three or four, um, you know, which one do you think would, would have made the, the most impact on you as a client? Meaning what, what, what of these do you think relates most to, to you? Um, and that I think will help give you a sense of what do your clients, what are they looking for? What are they interested in? Mm -hmm. Um, and, and Chris is right. We, 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 again, we have seen people who they get a, a ton of designations and then it just looks like gobbledygook after their name on their signature line in their email, because it's just acronym after acronym, uh, you know, in, in some sort of, you know, long string of nonsensical characters. So talk to your, talk to your, uh, your clients and say, Hey, I was thinking about doing this. Do you think that would be, uh, would that have impacted how you felt about me, uh, as an agent? Do you think that would have, you know, made you think I was had, you know, these additional skills that were important to you. So survey your clients to find out what they're interested in, because boy, there are a lot of designations. Chris and I really just scratched the surface with five mm -hmm. or six of them. There's certainly uh, dozens more. So, uh, talk to your clients, find out what's, what's important to them. Uh, Chris, oh what, what a great conversation, uh, as always, uh, Chris is, is just one of my favorite guests that, that we have on every month. And really before we go, uh, we'd be remiss to not talk about the close.com and to mention, uh, the close dot, the close pro. Um, so this, uh, Chris, first let's talk about the close and then quickly, uh, talk of course about the close pro. Yeah, absolutely. This is, this is a, an easy conversation to have. The close.com is the internet's best resource for real estate strategy, best practices, technology reviews, you name it. If you're a real estate agent, you want to be on the close because we provide you with content nearly every single day, practice just about every day now, uh, new content that is going to level up your real estate business. My, uh, my mission as uh, the senior writer on the close is to provide new answers to old questions every single day. We're always asking, how do I generate more business? How do I connect better with my clients? Where can I get new listings? How can I be more effective as a buyer's agent? These are just examples of the sorts of things that we talk about every single day on the close. So if you're active in real estate, come over to theclose.com. We have a ton of value that we can provide you right now. You don't need to pay for anything. Please come and just check out the close. If you want to know more about what we're doing and you want to go even further, we have the Close Pro. It's a subscription service. With the Close Pro, you get access um, to exclusive courses, including six simple systems to transform your real estate business, survive and thrive in a shifting real estate market. 
uh, generating leads to build long-term business. That's actually a course that is currently in session. Our expert Be Beverly Ruffner, the conversion queen is her nickname. She is teaching this course right now um, with some fantastic results, including fantastic live cold calling. If you wanna be, if you're a fan of cold calling or maybe you're just a voyeur and you like to listen to other people do it, come take a look. We've got all sorts of cool stuff happening on the Close Pro. Uh, including this ridiculous resource library that is chock full of literally dozens and dozens and dozens of templates, scripts, uh, strategy guides, you name it. There's just anything you want uh, to up your business. We've got it in the Close Pros resource library. You can join the Close Pro. It's 35 bucks a month, or you can sign up for an annual subscription um, that breaks down to just $25 a month um, if, if you were to, to look at that as a per month cost. Um, really great opportunity you can you can check it out for a month 35 dollars. see if it's worth it for you if it is sign up for the annual we'd love to have you um and uh you know we have opportunities for just about everyone whether you're a single agent whether you're a real estate team whether you're a brokerage come to the close pro we can provide some value to you and to your agents and ultimately our job is to make your job easier so come take a look at what we've got we want to help you out today Awesome. And if you haven't ever visited the close.com, please put that on your to-do list. It's, it's, you know, I know, uh, we're all familiar with inman.com, which is a great source for real mm -hmm. estate news, but you know, they're really prior to the close to my knowledge, I was always searching for a, uh, a news organization that specifically talked about growing your business, which is part of what this podcast is about as well. So I couldn't find one and the close.com has, uh, has given birth to that. Um, and they are the best resource that I've found online for. So make that part of your regular browsing uh, sort of experiences. Go to the close.com. Their articles are awesome. It's it's all free. And if you want to uh, participate in the close pro to go deeper, of course, they have that, that option as well. So um, Chris, uh, oh, and before we go, please, um, tell just we ask every one of our listeners to just help us grow our podcast so visit the close.com and also tell a friend about our podcast just think of one other agent that could benefit from hearing this kind of conversation that we have with chris every month and send them a link to our show easiest way to do that if they are not a podcast listener just send them to our website keeping it real they can stream every episode right from the browser they don't have to download a podcast app but if they are a podcast listener just have them pull up their podcast app and do a search for keeping it real and hit the subscribe button and we'll be uh you know sending them all of our episodes as they're released uh chris thank you so much once again we love that love having you on the show and excited to see you in person uh this fall at nar and hope the listeners and viewers consider joining as well and going to watch chris speak uh at at national association of realtors in fact chris speaks all over the country so he is uh likely coming to an, an area near you anyway but um if you want to come to, to nar this this fall uh you can meet us both Absolutely. Always a pleasure to be here. Can't wait to come back. All right. Thanks, Chris. Uh, thanks to everyone for listening and supporting our show. And we will see everyone on the next episode. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, DJ.